This is Cher, and I'm here with Jason and Rob. Guys, if you had to describe this podcast in five words or less, what would you say? I'm going to go with Wild E. Coyote guzzling gasoline. I'm thinking climate change diarrhea hurricane. (laughs) Are you serious? Maybe I should do this thing on my own. Fine. It's a show about how to stay sane in a world where there's too many people consuming too much stuff and the planet can't take it anymore. You had me at diarrhea. Caution, if you're allergic to four-letter words, you might want to try a different podcast. So we're all activists. You guys have gone out and tabled at events and tried to convince people of of things. I sit around. I'm I'm not very active. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We got one sitter, a couple of activists. You used to have a radio show, Jason. That's true. So. One time I was at a conference and I was tabling. The whole idea was I was helping people understand that the economy can't grow infinitely on a finite planet. Mm. As you can imagine, thousands of people were rushing up to the table. Lined out the door. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> but uh, the one that I remember most, there was this one guy who came up to me toward the end of the day who said, uh, you know, I gave my spiel and he said, oh, well, you, you don't have to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, well, enlighten me. Why? Why We're going to populate Mars? Is yeah, that why? No. He said, uh, I've got this idea for how we can generate all the energy that we need, and it'll solve all our issues with wealth and money, poverty, and uh, I, I've got it. He, I must said, be, he must be really wealthy Hemp right or now. thorium. Those <laughs> well, are my two guesses. Yeah, those are good tries, but you'd be shocked to learn it's exercise bikes. What? So... Yeah, so this guy says, uh, here's what we do. We we set up these gyms. We're going to put out an array of exercise bikes. When you pedal on them, you're going to generate electricity. And you'll have a little magnetic card, you know, reader thing in there. And you put your card in. And based on how much... <laughs> Jason's already getting antsy here. Based on how much electricity you generate, it'll fill your card with money and you can... You know, go about your day uh, spending on whatever uh, things you can dream of. Okay, I got to step up here at the moment. You the could mic. buy a grain of rice. <laughs> exactly. So there was, there was this poster going around like Facebook. It was power your home for a day with a 20-minute workout. And they showed this like six-year-old guy in a recliner bike drinking orange <laughs> juice. And the idea was in 20 minutes, he'd power his home. And oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm going, wait a second, wait a second. And a typical human can put out maybe a hundred watts, you know, for like twenty minutes or an hour, instantaneous output. Yeah, so you're getting I, some good exercise there. Hundred sure. watts. I mean, that sounds like a lot. Well, so if you do a hundred watts for an hour, and they were advertising twenty minutes, but a hundred right. watts for an hour, you're it's a hundred watt hours. Right. Okay. The average right. American home is something like thirty kilowatt hours. That's thirty. Thousand <laughs> watt hours a day of energy use. Okay, and that's just in your home. That's not your office or your car or right. industry. You know yeah. the farming that happens to feed well, your. So they forget to mention the three hundred other people in the back that are pedaling right. the entire day long. Right, right. it's absurd. All you got to do is think about one operation in your house. Okay, to, to run a, a load of laundry. That's five hundred watts. So. By by right, by right. this person who who visited me at the conference, but by their take, you'd have five of these people yeah, for an hour for an hour to, run to get load. one load of laundry. Yeah, time. it's only forty seven minutes than the load I do. So, that's all. That's all we need, right? Yeah. We're just gonna do laundry all day. Oh long, yeah, right? yeah, no problem. 
It reminds me of uh of have you guys seen that video? It's on YouTube, Robert versus the Toaster. Oh yeah. That's that? amazing. Yeah. So he's this German Olympic athlete, right? Huge guy. Now not one of these long distance, you know, uh cyclists, but one of those guys that are like sprint, you know, sprint yeah, drive track guys. Yeah. yeah, like the Lance Armstrong, they take like what is it, like stuff to make your hemoglobin work better, hematocrit or so this guy's taking steroids. Right. I mean, <laughs> he is huge. He is he's massive. Jacked. He looks right. in fact like tree shrunks, he, right? He reminds yeah. me of uh Mr. Incredible from sure. the from the Incredibles, you know, the yeah. the Pixar thing. Right. He actually looks like that. He he's does. like the he's an anvil of a man. Right. So <laughs> So they this video had him basically see if he could toast a piece of bread, you know, just pedaling a bike, right? Okay. And he was working his ass off. I mean, I don't even know what the equivalent of gear he would have been in, you know what I mean, yeah. to pedal this thing. But he was generating something, He's, I think, like... I'm sure his sprocket was the size of a hula hoop. Right. Yeah. Enormous, right? And he, I think he generated like 700 watts, and he held that for, I don't know, less, certainly less than two minutes, right? Yeah. Okay. Working his which, ass off which, to, to try to get this little piece of bread toasted. I mean, based on what you said, like if one of us normal humans can yeah. ride for an hour at 100 watts, they, that guy's doing seven, seven times yeah. that. Yeah, for, uh, you know, for a short for a period. Short, but. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's basically the output of a, of a horse. Right, but but only right. for like a couple minutes. That's probably yeah. his nickname. I think that's horse. what they call steroids, horse. Right, like, um, yeah. So he he did that, and he was spent at the end. I think he said something about how he could taste blood in his mouth. When he was done. Uh, he was tired, you know? And he just, bing, and it was you know, barely get this little, toasty. Yeah, a little piece of bread that you got to get the butter on really fast if you want it to melt. Yeah, it was white bread, yeah. and you could barely see a brown hue to it. Exactly, <laughs> it wasn't that good. Yeah, and they did that video. I think in order to help people sort of understand right. how much energy it takes, Stephen, you know, toast yeah. a piece of bread. So I once did that. Uh, it wasn't bread, but I was on this. Uh, it's kind of weird. I was on a cross country bicycle trip. Okay, so you're I fit. was you're I was in bicycling shape. Yeah, and we had made it uh, over the mountains in in the state of Washington and over uh, to to Montana, and we stopped at a place called Libby Dam. It's yeah, a, it's yeah. one of these big hydro dams. Uh, it backs up a lake all the way up into Canada. Okay. Uh, they actually call it Lake Kukanusa, which stands for the Kootenai River, Canada, and USA. That's awesome. Kukanusa. That's a great yeah, name. What a great name. Yeah, great name. So inside this dam, there's exhibits to you know explain what's going on. And one of the things they had was a bicycle hooked up to uh, some light bulbs. So you pedal it, and it'll light the light bulbs. And uh, I, I was able to light like half a light bulb for like half a second. <laughs> Dim flickering. Yeah, it was so sad. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to tear this thing up. I've been biking across the country. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like I'd... Robert would have looked at you with pity. Oh, he would have just squished me like an ant between his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Unfortunately, people don't. They don't have that experience very often, right? No. So they don't they don't get that we at all. So this all guy that came up yeah. to you, you know, at this conference, well intentioned, I'm sure, thought he had this epiphany, brilliant idea. Hey, we could address the obesity crisis in the United States and generate all the energy that we possibly need, <laughs> right? Right. Just didn't really have a sense of he's what, off. He's off by like orders of several <laughs> several orders of magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys know that whenever I think about these things, uh, my twisted mind always goes to pop culture. Of course. And so I thought of a pop culture reference to how little we know about energy. So take a listen. This is from the movie Back to the Future. Whoa, this is it. This is the part coming up, Doc. 
this sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. What did I just say? The flux capacitor stores... <laughs> this sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Great Scott! <laughs> what the hell that is a gigawatt? Was, that was I was thinking. What the hell That's is a gigawatt? That's a good question. What is a gigawatt? What the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> so, so you think the writer didn't know the first thing meant energy either? So yeah, probably. Actually, there's a big debate about this, okay. and uh, I think the director of the film addressed it. So it, it should be gigawatt, like okay. a, right. like okay. a gigabyte. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Gigawatt. Um, <laughs> gigawatt. But I'm just here, a gigawatt. <laughs> But here's the crazy it's thing. It's a David Lee Roth song. Yeah, great. Wow. Another I thought, 80s reference. I thought I had the, the shitty pop culture references. <laughs> Sorry about that. Way to... Great pants. Yeah. Great pants. <laughs> okay, so uh, there, the controversy is that you actually can uh, legally pronounce that word gigawatt. Legally? Yes. Legally? Okay. It is not illegal. <laughs> okay. That's no, good. It's, it's an alternate, a court case. It's an alternate pronunciation. Because but, of the movie? No, no. Okay. Uh, originally. And so I think the, the their science advisor had pronounced it that way. But in the actual script, they spelled it like J-I-G-A you know, gigawatt. <laughs> so, but, but that's the reality. What right. the hell is a gigawatt? It's a big number. <laughs> It is a very big number. That's true. A lot of bike pedaling. <laughs> How many people does it take to pedal to a gigawatt? 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> and it's in a DeLorean, for God's yeah. sake. That's yeah, it's not on a bike. Yeah. No. I want a DeLorean bike with those doors that rise up That'd from be awesome. the side. Yeah, yeah you, could, you could make one. I mean, they have recumbent bikes, right? Yeah. You just add those doors to it. I'm sure you could pedal really far what, with what, those doors on. What year did that movie come out, the first 1985. One? Oh, that was a good year. Man, yeah. I missed the mid-'80s. Yeah. Well, uh, here we are in the in the late two thousand, and, uh, and we don't know any better. <laughs> no, <laughs> we know just as much as we did then. Are well, we supposed to be able to time travel by now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We well, didn't Marty McFly last year? He was like flying on skateboards. And yeah, whatever. skateboards that float. You know, where's that? Uh, it's a it's a far cry from a what we call a hoverboard now, right. and what he had. <laughs> oh, and the shoes that tie themselves. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I think we've pretty much established that we're energy idiots. We're completely illiterate. So uh, we were thinking about what would you need to know if you were going to understand energy? And I think you need to answer four questions. That's how important is it for what we're doing in society? How powerful is it? How cheap is it? And how, how much of it is there out there? Yeah, those are great that's a good way to frame it. I, you know, part of the thing I think about it is, is like a biologist, and I look at at human evolution and, and the evolution of society and how it's changed. And something that's really weird about humans is that we have the ability to control what's called exosomatic energy. So the so, somatic refers to the body. So exo is outside of the body. So thanks for explaining that, because that was a that's like a ten dollar word, right? That's right. like a one point twenty one gigawatt word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an SAT word. That's an SAT yeah. word, exactly. Yeah. So so endosomatic would be like, you know, the 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 
the bike pedaling energy. <laughs> you right. pedal, you pedal by exosomatic. Well, there's some exo there because it's a bike, right? Well, no, the energy you're applying to the pedals that's coming from your own body. Okay. You're burning calories in your own body. Your exosomatic would be Donald right. Trump I, telling you to pedal the that's bike. Right. I got you. I'm just going to go back and watch some more Back to the Future <laughs> while you finish. Yeah, this. Well, yeah, watch, watch more of that. But uh, exosomatic is then we control energy that's not of our own body, and so. So the, the, the first one is like fire. So imagine building a campfire and cooking, you know, like Mastodon roast over it and having a, like a Mastodon drumstick or something like that. Okay. That'd be a pretty big drumstick. It's a big, yeah, it's a big <laughs> drumstick. That's a lot. I would feel pretty full. Pick your teeth with the tusks afterwards. <laughs> but I, you know, humans may have been using fire to cook for many thousands of years and it has affected potentially our digestive system and our brain development. Yeah. yeah so it's a huge part of like I mean, evolutionary theory yeah, about humans. Yeah. The theories are basically that's what led to the, the huge advances in our, our brain development, right? Right. All the things that we're able to do now are a result of us being able to cook our food and not having to expend as much energy and and digesting it and all that. Right. And then we talk about the term horsepower refers literally to harnessing a horse and using its Well, that's literal energy. too. You put a harness on, on a, the horse. Harnessing, right? exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. It's literal. So that's, that's about 10 times the output of a person, a horse. is about 10 times more uh, Unless you're that German cyclist right. guy. Yeah. We could just put a harness on Robert. Well, imagine taking Robert, but though, like having him work all day at right. that output. Exactly, right? yeah. Not yeah. much blood in the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> That's horse. why you got to put a bit in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we, then, we, then we started to figure out how to say like windmills, you know, say in Holland or whatever, or, or figuring out how to have water wheels. And so we would try to extract energy from the environment and, and grow crops and take the straw. So prior to the Industrial Revolution, we were using exosomatic energy, but it was at a certain scale that was sort of harnessing from the environment with contemporary solar flows, either via animals or via water or wind. Or you might get like an extra few years by burning plants or, or cutting wood, right? A few years of what? Uh, of solar energy. Like, right, you can store it a bit, sure, yeah, and then and then release it later. So that was also important. But then, what you were doing, though, when you started, when we started tapping fossil fuels, is we were taking energy that was contained from previous epochs of solar radiation, and now burning that for the first time in millions of years. And it was compressed, compressed energy, right? It was like- yeah, it was very, it's very dense. So that's an important property. And it then doesn't compete for land use either, right? So that's an interesting property. You could have an oil well in the same, in the same sort of area field that you had a farm on. So that's been sort of a transformation of our society through this various stages of sort of expanding our use of exosomatic energy. So I think one of the key things to understand too is that and this is going to sound stupid, but I think we take it for granted, and that is energy itself, forget the form it takes, but energy is is effectively the the thing that makes everything else possible. Yeah, Without we energy, we don't function. I mean, us eating food is a conversion of energy to calories that we burn, right? right. And so our, our bodies can't move without it. Our brains don't think without it. And so even on a small scale like that, Without that energy, forget it. You yeah, know, so like bread and, bread and rice and you know steak or whatever, that's all part of endosomatic energy, and that's important. But the amount of calories that we use for our own body metabolism is tiny relative now to what 
our society uses right. in the exosomatic sense, but it's all doing the same thing. It's maintaining, not in the sense of not maintaining our body or allowing us to say play tennis or type on a typewriter or your computer screen. Typewriter? Yeah, Who's yeah. typing on a typewriter? <laughs> I You're back tennis. in 1985 exactly, again. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I learned on an IBM Selectra, I think it was called, if one, uh, dating myself. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's... The, in- the entire society now requires this burning. Everything we do is burning something, whether it's, it's me- metabolic or it's actually like in, a, right. you know, in an engine somewhere. So I always like taking this down to some kind of an example that you can follow along. And, and the one that I thought of, it had to do a share. You and I got to work with some people that were involved in the textile industry recently. Yeah. And we were thinking about clothing and and what a you know important part of the economy that is it's a you know of course agriculture and food is going to be the very base layer but but you know kind of next thing you'd think about from a survival perspective is shelter and clothing and sure and so i was thinking like what what would the textile or clothing based on smaller energy flows like back in the day, 2,000 years ago. Monty Python's Life fi- of Brian. Have you seen that? The uh, not recently. Yeah. Well, I remember the scene Life of Brian where he opens the the, 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 <laughs> naked. the, the blinds and he's naked. Yeah. So he's got no clothes There's on. There's not a lot point. of clothing back then. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Well, they also did live in, in quite a warm you know, yeah, you didn't need much. Place, yeah. Yeah. But the the idea that, you know, you would get your clothing basically from what you could scrounge around you, from whatever fiber was available, you know, the fig leaf around your waist or the <laughs> deer skin that you could... Uh, I mean, way back. And then when, when societies formed, you know, civilizations formed and people were sedentary, right, in, in, uh, in cities, you know, there were forms of textiles that came from far away. But they were such yeah, a luxury. Yeah, yeah, you think about the Silk Road. You know, th- these things would be transported over thousands of miles and take weeks and months to to get to you. And the cost of them were really prohibitive for most people. Right. 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 But then it then it all goes forward, and you start doing things like growing crops specifically for this. You know, and this is, I guess, after like you're talking about harnessing crops, harnessing horses. And of course, forcing people to do labor for you. You got like cotton fields. Human muscle power. Right. Yeah. 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 Like linen, cotton, hemp fiber, all really important crops for sure. And then what's amazing, of course, once the Industrial Revolution comes along and you get to power things with oil or with coal, and you have the ingenuity that came along as well to be able to figure out how to actually run a combine over a field of cotton and spit out you know, the raw material that you that you actually want. It was It's just such a huge change. I mean, I, I just compare that to what you're talking about, a share with the Silk Road. Instead of waiting eight months for the perfect piece of fabric to be delivered from China over land by camels or whatever is delivering it, now you got huge machines harvesting. You're shipping that material off to East Asia. You got people processing it there, dyeing it in some other country, gets shipped over to South America for final production, back to the the Walmart in North America. Yeah, and you pay what, ten bucks, twenty bucks for a t shirt, you know, yeah. and, and then you toss it, you know, after a while because another shirt comes along. It smells know? bad. It smells <laughs> bad, yeah. You know, you know new but, fashion. <laughs> But it, of course you would, you know, you would really think, wow, we should always do it this way. It's easy, right? You just go down to the store, buy a shirt and get it. And I think 
what we're talking about is we have no concept of what's behind that. Yeah, well, yeah. you think about something like a t-shirt, you know, and how it's made. It's not just growing and harvesting the materials to make it. You know, it's what you had said. It's the, the fact is we have so much energy and the energy is so incredibly powerful that we have now that you could actually break up the process and ship it in sort of pieces or stage it, you know, to different parts of the world because the labor cost is really the, the, the thing that is the driving difference in terms of, of how much it costs to do something. And what a, what an amazing transformation. People right. tend to think of the industrial revolution as being something that's about human ingenuity, you know, uh, who was the guy who invented the, the the gin, the cotton gin? Eli Whitney. Every yeah. every good Georgia right. boy knows that, right? Yeah. Eli Whitney. So we think, God, these these inventors, these geniuses, you know, and it's true. We we it was clever. We we figured out ways to harness it, but if it wasn't for the fact that right. we had these fossil fuels to put to use, you know. Right. It wouldn't have mattered. And so there's these amazing sketches from Leonardo da Vinci's book, sketchbook. Right. And he'll sketch things like the airplane. Right. 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 He, like, he came up with all these things that never materialized because he lived prior to the Industrial Revolution. Right. And people look back and go, Leonardo invented this, invented that. It's like, the idea is In actually... theory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's these geniuses that come up and they have all these ideas, but... It's the it's this material conditions, the energetic abundance we have that allow them to develop in reality. And that's what's fascinating. So what you all are talking about is, yeah, we could uh, we can achieve things based on what we collectively have in the way of knowledge and our intellect and our ability to invent. But without that incredible power right, the surplus, that came from yeah. fossil fuels, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have gotten there. So. I want to turn us to that. I want to turn us to how powerful are the the fuel that we're used to running society on. And I share. I know you. Yeah, you I mean, hit on this in our first episode. Yeah, it's it's almost inconceivable. For example, we talked about in our, in our first episode. We talked about a barrel of oil as an example, right? So there's 42 gallons in a barrel of oil, and when you actually compare that to thinking about like human labor, you know, we're talking about the uh, the average output a person can put out, which is something like 70 watts, and you and you extrapolate that over the course of of a full day. Basically, you take a barrel of oil, right? And if you run the numbers, it's the equivalent of 11 years worth of human labor, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Working full time over 2,000 hours a year, right? I, you get a little vacation time in there. Sure. Right? I, I wish you'd have asked me. I, I would have uh, been so wrong about the answer <laughs> that I would have been, I would have proven myself for the idiot that I am. Yeah, people, nobody thinks about nobody, that. Nobody. How could you possibly imagine that this thing, right. which, by the way, is kind of you know ruining our chances, us burning it is ruining our chances of actually inhabiting this planet. But putting that aside, how could you possibly imagine this thing is so incredibly valuable? It's well, magical. I, it is magical. I knew it was really powerful. I wouldn't have guessed 11 years. The, the way I knew it was powerful is uh, one time my partner's car wouldn't start. So I was sitting in the parking lot uh, next to the uh, the complex where I live, and the auto mechanic place was a half a mile away. And so I thought, 
I'm not going to, we're not going to tow this. We're not going to pay to get a tow truck. I'm just going to push it there. <laughs> so, these guys are laughing at me. Uh, if you could see my, uh, well, my this, stick figure was frame. This, was this here in Corvallis? <laughs> yeah. At least it was flat. It's flat. Right? It, was, it was flat. You've been going to the gym. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in pretty good shape. But, yeah. uh, You're no Robert. And this, and this is no, uh, this was not a Hummer. I mean, this was like a Honda Civic. He's Rob. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm He's Rob. Rob. I'm not, not Robert. Not Robert. So, so I... I get behind the car and I start pushing it and I push it out of the parking lot onto the street and I'm like, oh shit, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> and so, uh, luckily, certainly not at 25 miles per hour. <laughs> well, luckily two friends of mine were just then coming back from CrossFit. Oh, they're, 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 they're athletes. And I said, Hey, can you guys help me push this to the, to the mechanic? And they're like, sure. So now there's three of us pushing it. It's like the hardest thing I ever did in my life. And when we got to the mechanic... Are you sure the brake was on? It was, no, it was in neutral. When we got to the mechanic, there was a curb cut. Oh. You know, we, we had to push it up the little... Yeah. The little... It was so oh. hard. We, 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 uh-huh. we were, You're like herniating. You had to like rock it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Total failure, but a, a very good lesson in how much power... Like, getting a car and if there had a been a, even the slightest incline, yeah, no forget chance. it, dude. It's we, over. We, we, we'd be dead. Yeah. It would have just rolled, <laughs> rolled, rolled right back over you. You'd be too tired to get out of the way. So, And, and what would, what? how much gas would that have been? Like a tablespoon or <laughs> <Right>. something? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, then we take it completely for granted. So the, if you do the statistics, right, if you look at, at international statistics on energy use by nation, right, the U.S., the average per capita use is 50 barrels equivalent of oil a year per person. 50 okay? barrels, yeah. right. And you said 11 years right. okay, in a barrel. <laughs> yeah. So that's like over 500 years like of between five <laughs> of and six labor. of human labor. <laughs> yeah. So each of us has as if we Per have, year. Yeah, as if there's 500 sort of mystical people working for us that we don't even see. And there's no HR department they can go to if they have a complaint. Right. Right. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think if you you actually want to question how powerful is the energy in fossil fuel, you just have to look at the way humanity has overrun the planet. I mean, yeah. it's enabled us to to take over. There's seven point seven billion of us. Remember now. I brought up also in our first episode there's only there's only about half a million great apes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've we've we dominate. Yeah. And, and I mean, look at the landscape itself. I mean, we're living in mega cities. We've got industrial farms. We've got factories. We've got roads everywhere. Well, it's no wonder that we industrialize everything. We mechanize everything. We we try to automate everything. We try to replace human labor, even though there are more of us now. Yeah. Because it's so incredibly powerful and so incredibly cheap. Exactly. Cheap. So human, it's a get rid of people as much as you can because- if you can have the fossil fuels do the work for you, why would you have a person? That's do it? only true for I think corporations, right? And that's we're seeing that trend with automation. Oh yeah, I think for most people, it's all about living like kings and queens beyond the the even imagination of kings right. and queens of of yesteryear, right? right. I mean, e- each of us, even ones who have you know a middle income quality of life in in the Western world, live. Well beyond the means of, of anything that people could have possibly imagined before the age of fossil fuels. Yeah. So it blew me away what you were talking about uh, again in our first episode of if you 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 know a middle income if you took a forty five thousand dollar a year salary which is about the median right. income in the U S. Yeah. And you you multiply yeah, it by math, that eleven right? years of yeah. of human labor in a barrel of That's oil. A- yeah, five hundred grand. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars is the energetic. 
value of that barrel of oil if you compare it to and to and what do we what do we pay for oh, oil? I mean it, it's it's varied over time. You know, it's been as low as twenty bucks, even lower sometimes, up to hundred. Our economy shook and shuddered and and tipped into recession. You know, in in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, there are other reasons, but. Oil prices went up to $147 a barrel. That was historic highs. Yeah. That really rocked the it's, economic it's, world. It's not quite right? $500,000. No, $147. <laughs> you know, now we're hovering between whatever, $40 and $80 mm-hmm. a barrel. And that price, we're so dependent on it being cheap, you know, actually creates ripple waves in our economy if, if, right, if, if it changes too much, you know, too low or yeah. too high. But you compare that to five hundred thousand dollars in terms of <laughs> yeah. human labor equivalent. You We've know? locked into that need we, to have it cheap, right? Yeah. And electricity too it has got to be cheap. It's oh, yeah. it's crazy cheap. So this one I actually know because I got to pay the power bill. Uh, the average cost it's thirteen cents per kilowatt hour for electricity in the U.S. Yeah, thirteen yeah. thirteen cents. Yeah, and a, a kilowatt hour if you if you're not sure of it, I mean. That's the equivalent of of what a really hard days of work, like not eight hours, but fifteen hours. Right. Uh, working hard. Working hard. Yeah. Right. So yeah, 20- we're not talking about sitting on your computer and and you know posting things on the Facebook, right? <laughs> right. But if you about- wanted to do that, you could. Uh, it'll a kilowatt hour will run six laptops all day long. So I, you know, if you're yeah. getting paid tw- twenty bucks an hour for fifteen hours, that's three hundred dollars, right? So if right. you were to pay someone. Three hundred dollars for a day of hard work. Yeah, and that's not even paying them real well. Yeah, that's uh, like, you know. that's decent for labor, but but equivalent of, equivalent of minimum wage. Thirteen cents. Yeah. You can't buy anything for thirteen <laughs> cents, <laughs> let alone yeah. a whole day's worth of labor. Yeah, yeah. and so and, no wonder we take it for granted because it's so damn cheap, right? It's available to us. We flip a switch. We what turn it, on yeah. the ignition. What does whatever. a kilowatt hour get us now, like in our home? Well, it, like I said, it'll get you laptops for six hours. It'll okay. get you, uh, let's say you want to microwave your lunch. You okay. Could, you could do 30 of them. Okay. okay. <laughs> Great. Great. I want to wash clothes. You could do two loads of laundry. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's just the washer. Though. Oh, the dryer. Your dryer is going to be a, that's going to be a mess. Darn it. I can, I'll, hang, I'll hang dry. Who cares? It's 13 cents. I'm going to hang dry. Yeah. yeah sure. That's why people don't hang dry, because it's so damn cheap. Right? Well, you know, you just said not only is it cheap, but it's so available, which is our fourth question. You know, how available is this stuff and how much are we using? I think it, of it as being so available that you never have to think about it. I mean, think about taking a family vacation, right? Okay. Maybe you're going to go, I don't know, last summer I went hiking in the mountains, right? And we did a, uh, just a shitload of planning on how much food do we need per day. <laughs> right, I guess this right. is your, uh, you don't your get this is your endosomatic, right? right? right. It's like you don't, yeah, you don't want to be about short. That. <laughs> so you know, you're hiking up and down hills. You you pack your food very carefully. I didn't give a really a, a second's thought to how am I going to get to the mountains. And <laughs> right. that, you know, you just jump in the car. And yeah, you you're just, just going to push your car there, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. You just drive to the trailhead. Yeah. Just drive right to where you want to go. And you, it's so, it's just there. Uh, especially, you know, I know that's not the case for everybody all over the world. But here in the U.S., right. it's so available. It's just so part of our lives. And you talk about exponential growth in the economy, the exponential growth of consumption, this is all due to energy. I mean, since 1850, our energy use has increased by more than eight times per person. 
mm-hmm. per person, per person. Our population, and then, then multiplied by people, right? Yeah. right? yeah. So we've had this massive change in how much energy we're using, and it's 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 such a short time. It's less than two hundred years, right? And you know, we think of that as really, really long history, but that's it's nothing. Yeah, it's not. And the truth is that for ninety nine percent of our history as a species. We're actually living off of the what people call solar flows or our solar income, right? We were we were harnessing plants and animals that eat plants and firewood and and uh, mussels, right? Yeah. Our own labor and the labor of domesticated animals. That's what we lived on. Maybe some wind for winter, you know, yeah. for windmills. That's what we lived on yeah. for ninety nine percent. That of gives our me history. some comfort, actually, to think that, like, okay. I'm pretty soft, right? And like, I, I'd be scared not to have all this exosomatic energy I'm used to. Yeah. But then I realize if you travel around the world or if you think about history that, wait a second, I'm really just like those other people, either my ancestors right. or people in other parts of the world that don't have 50 barrels of oil per right. year for them available. Right. So I could probably survive if I had a culture around me that helped me negotiate that. No, right. Not me. I'd be dead in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the crazy thing about it is that, uh, you know, you say, well, if it were taken away, and I think a lot of people think that it's going down, you know, oh, we're, we're developing renewable energy. Oh, no, we're just adding. It, yeah, it's crazy. We have a, a colleague at Post Carbon, a guy named David Hughes, who studies kind of the, what would you say, a share the macro picture of energy, you know, looking at what's happening in the fossil fuel in- industry. He recently gave us the stat that 50% of fossil fuel burned since 1850 has been has actually been burned since 1991. So oh. if we you talk about all that we started burning in 1850. That was the year I graduated high school. Yeah, half I was, of I was, it, I was in college, yeah. Ah, it's just... It's shocking. And 75% since 1970. Right, oh, so in God. our lifetime, That's my life. I was born yeah. in 69. Yeah. So 75% of all fossil fuels have been born in, in basically been my burned. lifetime. Burned. Yeah. yeah. I was born, so yeah. I, they've been yeah. burned. There, there is a theory about fossil fuel being born in 1970, but uh, we're, we're not going to buy into that one. <laughs> but that, that I think, is... And, and we, you know, we talked a little bit about exponential growth in, in a previous episode, that's, I think, the key part of this is that our use of energy over time, you know, Jason, you talked about how we've gone through these energy transitions. They've tended to be additive, yeah. right? And even though we're adding on renewable energy and we're seeing dramatic growth in renewable energy right now, it's literally just adding on. In fact, it's not even adding on as much as fossil fuel yeah, growth. Yeah, fossils are growing on. more than, than renewables yeah. right now. And it's yeah. just, it has to do with more people consuming more more energy and more things, right? Well, so, today, and biomass too is more. Is biomass is about the same as in eighteen fifty? What do you mean by biomass? Like Just wood, a, like yeah. wood and like straw aftermath. So, We're using as much biomass as we did in eighteen fifty. Uh, how much whale oil are we using today? Not so much. <laughs> We've declined in that. Yeah, rate. we got rid of those guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> you you can't harvest whales uh, at that Not rate anymore. Yeah. Well, so I think we've answered some of the key questions about energy literacy, but. If you want to take it to the next step, there's a concept that I think we all got to know about, and that's energy return on investment. Mm -hmm. The basic way of thinking about that is how much energy do you have to expend to get the energy resource that that you're looking to use? So like back in the early days of oil, 
you know, what did you, you just had to like take your pickaxe and, and hit the ground and this gusher comes or up. shoot at a squirrel. Right. And yeah. then like, like Jed Clampett. That yeah. was, that was a great show. Beverly, that was a documentary. Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies. What was the name of, what was the name of the daughter of Jed? Was it, I'm going to try Ellie May. Okay. Is that, she was yeah. a great wrestler. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. I remember she just kicked ass. Well, J- Jason, you you were a college level. That's NCAA why you remember. That's what inspired right? me. That's, yeah. that's why you remember. Exactly. That. I, all my moves, I learned from her. Well, I, so it's true. In the early days of of the oil industry, the returns on investment were astronomical, more than a hundred to one. Yeah, you know? like he he fires his gun at the ground, uh, oil comes up, he's getting like a hundred barrels for every barrel that he has to spend looking for it. Yeah. And not only is it important to understand the energetic value of, of like oil in this case, which is, I, I would say, arguably the most important source of energy that we have, including all fossil fuels. But just think about the example of, of animals in nature, yeah. you know, this this idea of energy return on energy investment. This is not just a financial calculation, no. right? You're not just thinking about, oh, I got to expend this amount. Like people talk about ROI, you know, return on investment, you know, you spend this amount of money to get this amount of money. It's it's true in all forms of 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 energy. It's an yep. it's an equation, right? Yeah. So you take you take a cheetah, yeah. you know, that's trying to chase down a gazelle in the African savanna, right? There's a calculation that's happening there. If that cheetah, for all the energy that it's expending running 70 miles per hour to try to chase down this thing, fails too many times, it dies, right? right. It needs to get more energy out, not just in that one moment where it's chasing after that gazelle and catching it, but it needs to get more energy out from that gazelle for every time before that it's run and failed, right? Because right? Right. they fail right. most of the time, right? Yep. So this is this is just part of the physical world. And the thing that's so amazing about fossil fuels has been that the return on that is astronomical. But, yeah, that's, I, yeah. but that's changing, right? You look now, how do we get our fossil fuels? I mean, the U.S. became the largest producer of, of oil and natural gas by fracking. Yeah. You know, and, and we're doing things like putting these drilling rigs in three, four thousand feet of water. Yeah, I mean, the, there's such a clear distinction between the quote unquote good old days where you you get a gusher, you know, and you, you can actually go look and, and see these old historical photographs of these just towers of oil shooting up into the sky, you know, right. hundreds of feet, mm, right? Delicious. All that pressure, <laughs> you know, just shooting up. And now, right, now what we're dealing with is needing to, you know, to put billion-dollar deep oil rigs in the ocean to go down tens of thousands of feet, you know, to to try to get oil from below the fucking ocean, you know, or going up to the arboreal forest in Canada and scraping up this bitumen, which is basically unfinished oil, you know, that we got to cook. It's goo and sand. You know what I mean? Or fracking, which is basically going down, drilling laterally for thousands and thousands of feet, shooting a ton of water and sand and chemicals in there to blast apart these rocks to get these little tiny pockets of oil to come out. We picked the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, and now we're having to go after stuff that's harder to get and has a lower energy return. You know on what you investment. just described, and this is why it was easy for me to understand this is biologist. Okay, so in biology, there's a, in ecology, there's what's called optimal foraging theory, mm-hmm. and it's just what you said. Any organism is going to go find and locate the 
most energetically profitable resource first. They're going to forage optimally. And then when that runs out, they're going to switch. So like the cheetah goes after the Impala. The Impalas get a little rare. They have a hard time finding them. So they go after the Hyrax or whatever, right? Right. (laughs) A smaller animal, less abundant, but they still get after a while though, if they, if they hunt out that, then they're going to something else like, like a little rat. And the next thing you know, they can't get enough rats and the cheetah population starts crashing. Yeah. As soon as you understand optimal foraging theory, Everything you just said of, of energy return on investment, and you just look at what we're doing as a civilization, going after this crap, basically, in desperation moves. And we, we call it, we like, oh, we've, we've unlocked this new resource, and we just think we're all, we're all awesome. And yeah. I go, you idiots, you're just like, you're, you're following the declining quality of resource in an optimal foraging theory situation. That's a sign of desperation. Oh, God. But we think because we have been for the last 150 plus years living on this bounty, we won the lottery, yes. right? We won the energetic lottery. Yes, we did. Beyond the imagining of humans before us, beyond the imagining of other organisms on this planet, we won the lottery. Mm, I picked my numbers. They came up. And we feel like, you know, it's kind of like somebody born on on third base thinking that they hit a triple. (laughs) We just feel like we earned this thing. It's going to always be here. Oh, we're so great. And we're dependent on, in our minds at least, we're Mm. dependent upon this stuff being available, this stuff being cheap, this stuff being just incredibly powerful. So I love this lottery metaphor (laughs) because lottery winners... Tend to blow their money. Yeah, it's it 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 not a good track record. So I was wondering, like, if if we're looking at what are the dumb things that lottery winners spend their money on? What mm. what are the dumbest uses of energy <laughs> that you guys see that that make you go, "We are an insane species"? Well, there are so many of them. I'll oh just tell you one God. that kind of sticks in my craw these days because I've been I've been seeing this, you know, here and there. It's such an expression of kind of where we are as a society these days. Drive up grocery stores. <laughs> okay. I mean, they they have these concepts of drive through grocery stores where okay. you're like literally driving your fucking car down the aisle. That's, that's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> that's the laziest thing ever. I mean, I think that those are probably still in the in the concept phase. But hey, mm. right now you can drive you could do that at certain Walmarts, Amazon stores have really? that. Like really? you basically go on your fucking computer. Pick your nose, order toilet paper, whatever you're doing, okay. right? Yeah, sure. You know, bonbons or yes. uh, cheese doodles. Is, wow, you, uh, you make good orders. Yeah, uh, I, I'm giving you a, a clue, a little glimpse into my, my shopping. Right. But so you, you order this stuff. Okay, let's say you order some organic beef in there too. But sure. you, you kale, order this stuff kale. and then you drive your 3,000, 4,000 pound vehicle mm-hmm. you know, by yourself up to the drive through yeah. and some poor, sh- you know, schlub, some kid. Or most likely, oh, we'll we'll get there. But most likely, it's you know, it's somebody who should have retired a long time ago and can't, right? Has to has to carry your shit out to you and load it up in the back of your car and you drive off. Probably not even giving them a tip. This is called progress. Yeah, Yeah, well, you have to get your fat ass out of the car. We're making the progression to yeah, always having your butt glued to the seat of your automobile. Yeah. I, I hope they make it so you can drive straight into your living room. And mm. we're not in space yet, but it's not far from that vision of Wally. You know those people sitting there, basically in, right, in that right. movie. You know, yep. yeah. just sitting there with the entertainment. You give me night. You give me time to think. Okay, and I've come up with one. All right. Okay. 
So one of my pet peeves has been like uh, mini storage, right? You know, you get the roll up door and you just throw your junk in it. <laughs> right. Cause you have so much shit you can't fit in your house. Yeah, anymore. of course. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, Oh, uh, you know, my garage isn't big enough anymore. I'm not parking my car in the garage because it's, there's no space there. I'm going to park it out front of my house. Right. And then my garage is going to fill up with shit. And then like, Oh shit, my garage is filled up with shit. So now I need mini storage, but it's gone a step further. Okay. Okay. Because now they have climate controlled. Oh, good. Yeah, That's good. Storage for your shit. So right. yeah, you don't want your so shit to have. Yeah, we're, uh, we're burning the oil to keep your stuff at a that you never a, touch a room temperature. Yeah, right? that you never. You, hard, you How often do you? Well, go this s- is this is huge though for the Hannibal Lecters that want to keep their bodies cold and right. not, not okay. stinking. Okay, you know, okay, so. I see that. It reminds <laughs> me of uh, you guys ever seen that George Carlin bit, "A Place for My Stuff." Yeah, uh, yeah. classic bit. Okay, uh, I got to check it out. Okay. Yeah, but but he couldn't even imagine when he first wrote that bit. You know that we would be we would be making sure that 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 shit. Mm. You know, it's kept at this perfect optimal well, temperature of 63 degrees or whatever. Yeah. You, you guys pick like kind of sane stuff. Uh, the, the, <laughs> sane? The, the dumbest use of This is of crazy energy. town. What are you talking the, about? The one that I found was, was ski Dubai. What? Oh. <laughs> you, the, those two words together don't belong. Right. Yeah, where are the mountains? Right. No, they, they put this glass structure up. And they put, Wait, where, where's Dubai? First of all, for the for the geographically challenged in the Middle East, in the desert. Okay, yeah. just to be clear, <laughs> right. okay, the Arabian right. Peninsula, far yeah. from the poles. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the average temperature there is. Well, but, we're doing a good job of raising it, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're working on that. So they built a sort of a glass structure, and there's a ski mountain. They make the snow from God knows what water source. <laughs> the tears of children. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> They actually they they have penguins in there too. <laughs> <laughs> the penguins are just looking around like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Can I go home? All right. So here we have ski Dubai. People actually ski in there. Yeah, yeah. You, there's ski instructors. There's a <laughs> there's a lift to take you to the top of uh, ski Dubai Mountain or whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> Delusion Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's on the bucket list of, yeah. of plenty of people. Yeah. As long as you don't have to get out of your car and you can keep your ski gear in a climate-controlled storage unit. (laughs) That sounds like heaven. Yeah. Well, so obviously we've got some wasteful things going on, but I think we can all agree what an incredible gift fossil fuels have been. I mean, how can you not be thankful for the amount of... You know, whatever you said, the 500 virtual people that work for us. Oh, I've been getting call for Christmas Christmas for years. <laughs> I, I will say, I think people who are concerned about climate change or other environmental issues, they tend to think of fossil fuels as, and understandably, you know, as basically imperiling the fate of humans and other species on this planet, right? So they, they tend to vilify fossil fuels, yeah. again, understandably, because there is this huge cost that's been born. Not only are these sources of energy that we've come to to be dependent upon uh, depleting, right? Right. Yeah. That we just talked about. They have this huge cost on on human health and on the health of other species, but on the, our very viability of living on this planet. So I think a lot of people don't, frankly, I would say there are very few people who walk around thanking their lucky stars for fossil fuels, right? <laughs> right, right, right? I mean, because if anyone's even thinking about it, which is maybe like a couple percentage of the population, they're probably thinking about the problems that they cause. Very, very few people are thinking about what, like we said before, a lottery 
you know, yeah. winning this this has been for us. Yeah, well, it's really weird. And you've pointed out several times this year that we really need them right now to use fossil fuels as a way to get off of fossil fuels, to make the transition to a renewable yeah. energy economy. It's such a weird paradox and contradiction. Yeah, it, to me, that kind of stuff is, it's kind of maddening. It's the essence of, of crazy town. It's that here we are stuck in this system that doesn't work, but we can't really get out of it. But the place that we have to start is just even understanding. Just knowing. You know, understanding yeah. Yeah. not just the role that fossil fuels play in society and the and the issues that we have, the vulnerability we have to that dependence, right? right? Both from the standpoint of being dependent upon something that is depleting and being dependent on something that is literally destroying our chances of, of living on this planet. But... But energy as a whole, you know, more broadly, because because it's been so abundant, because it's been so cheap, because it's been so easy, because it's been so powerful, we take it for granted. Right. You know, none of us want to be taken for granted, and we should not be taking this incredible gift that we've been given as a species for granted. So the first place to start is recognizing how we use energy. That's each of us individually and us as a society and that, and asking questions about the fucking things that we're wasting it on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's about becoming literate. Get out there, understand why energy is important and what the the level of power that's that's embedded yes. in it. You know, try toasting a piece of bread with a bicycle sometime <laughs> or push your car down to your mechanic. Yeah, let us know how that goes, by the way. Right. Spend our inheritance wisely, yeah. right? Invest properly. Don't I, just blow it. Otherwise, we're going to be a laughing stock I, of future species. <laughs> I think uh, I think there should be a rule. Like, it, let's say you had a barrel of oil and okay. you spilled it. Then you would have to do 11 years of hard <laughs> labor because that's what you just spilled. Well, I wish maybe we could do that. You don't have to literally go and buy a barrel of oil. I don't think you can actually go as an individual and buy a barrel of oil. That'd be an interesting test. But figuratively speaking, we're we're spilling we're not spilling fifty barrels of oil on average each of us here in the United States, but quite a quite a, a big chunk of that is wasted, right? Yeah. So you think about that, maybe we should think about what we could do to to make up for that that yeah. incredible waste. Well, I'm going to get on outside and start dumping over some barrels. I don't know about you guys. I'll help you push it. It's really hard. Yeah. I'm going to go be chasing gazelles and see if I have any luck. All right. All right. See you next time on Crazy Town. That's our show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, rate or review it at iTunes. That really helps get in front of more people. To learn more, visit postcarbon.org slash crazytown. And if you want to actually learn something instead of listening to us bozos, you should check out Post Carbon Institute's Think Resilience course. It's four hours, 20 bucks, and will seriously change the way you see the world. Catch you next time on the mean streets at Crazy Town. Hey, guys, we have a great sponsor today. Really? Who is yeah, it? Yeah, it's Plastic Shitbox. Do you, know, do you know about them, Rob? PlasticShitbox.com? Yeah, I'm a, I subscribe. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, each month, Plastic Shit Box will send you a box of plastic shit. No way. And the best part is, I think the box is plastic, too. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. You never know what you're going to get in a plastic shit box. So what did you get this time? Some plastic shit. You know what it actually was? It was, it was like a plastic dog shit. You know, the fake stuff that you yeah. can put on the, uh, on the rug, and then people come in and go like, oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. Is it 100% plastic every time? Yeah. Well, you know, it's really cool. So I open my plastic shit box and I pull out the plastic dog shit.
and it's wrapped in plastic. Oh. So not only did I get the shit box plastic, I got the plastic dog shit, and I got the plastic wrapper. Did you get a micro dopamine hit on that? Three. Three, <laughs> three fucking plastic shit box dopamine hits, and the dopamine was wrapped in plastic, too. Oh, gosh. It's I like think it's- they call that a pill. Mm. Well, only if it's wrapped in plastic. What's the website again? Plasticshitbox.com. I'm looking at it. Okay, how much does it cost? Uh, You know, you don't know because you pay with plastic. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, so everybody, visit plasticshitbox.com and you can get your little dopamine hit today.